Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Nugget Climbing Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Dimmitt. And I have a bonus episode for you today. It's available right now for patrons who support the Nugget Climbing Podcast for $5 per month or more. Tim Emmett is back on the podcast. I always have such a good time talking to this guy. Tim was originally in episode 107. I put a link to it right there in the description for this episode if you want to go back and listen. But Tim and I recorded our first podcast almost exactly a year ago. And for those of you who need a refresher, he was just starting to train for Aravea. He was planning to go out to Spain in the fall 2022 and try Aravea, which is 14D, 9A. This would be his first of the grade and the hardest route he's ever climbed in his life. And when I talked to him last time, he was just coming off an injury. He was climbing like 12B after the injury. And he spent the next nine months straight training for this climb and ended up going back to Spain this past fall and got insanely, insanely close, not to spoil it, but he ended up getting to the last quick draw on the route from the ground, which is so incredibly close. And doing that link was probably the hardest thing he's ever done climbing wise in his life. And it was really fun to catch back up and to hear how his season went from his perspective. Tim's a super thoughtful guy. So I was curious to hear about some of the biggest lessons he's learned from projecting this route. He's been there many, many times. I believe he said this was his fifth or sixth trip over to Spain to try Aravea in particular. And he estimates that he's tried this route for 80 plus days of projecting. So I was really interested to hear about some of the biggest lessons from that process and the value of trying a route that's that hard for him. We talked about how he changed his diet and how cutting out alcohol has helped him get in the best shape of his life at age 48. You guys, if you haven't seen this, definitely go look at this post on Instagram from Tim. I will link to it in the episode description for this episode if you scroll down. Go look at this Instagram post and see this guy's transformation and see what kind of shape he's in at age 48. It's incredible. It's incredible how fit he got for this route and how close he was to doing it. And so awesome that he is climbing his hardest and feeling his healthiest and strongest at 48 years old. And I have a feeling that this story is not over. But we talked about all of that and much more in this bonus episode. I'm going to give you a short teaser for free right here. And if you want to hear the full thing or if you want to watch the uncut video interview, the full podcast episode and the uncut video episode are both available right now for patrons who support the show. It just takes a few minutes to sign up at patreon.com slash the nugget climbing, and you can cancel at any time. No questions asked. The full version of this one was about an hour and 25 minutes. So there's a lot more to listen to if you enjoy this free teaser. If you're into sport climbing, if you enjoyed the recent Fundamentals episode on going on a sport climbing trip, or if you just want to hear a really experienced climber talk about the process of projecting the hardest route of his life and trying to achieve an elite level, I definitely recommend this episode. Enjoy the teaser, and I'll talk to you on the other side. Steven. Hey, Tim. <clears throat> How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Yeah, good. good. I'm just tucking into a bit of lunch. <laughs> nice. What's for lunch? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Chicken curry. Oh, it looks Go delicious. Out. Nice. I, I love curry, actually. I'm a real curry, curry bean. 
Nice. Uh-huh. Yeah, it doesn't look like you're suffering too much. I, something I want to make our way towards later in the conversation is, uh, you know, the, the way you changed your diet from June to November and then the lesson you learned in December and how you're thinking about uh, the long-term plan, I guess. But yeah, chicken curry, I mean, it looks amazing. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're, doesn't look like you're sacrificing too much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fascinating, actually. Like, um, I was, I actually follow my weight and all that sort of stuff. And I know that I've never really done that before because I've been the same sort of weight pretty much for the last 25 years, you know, give and take 10 to 15 pounds. And, um, but for Aravea, I really trimmed up as, as much as I could. And, uh, I was really light actually. Um, so you know, it was an interesting one because I didn't really know whether to, I mean, obviously we've had these conversations about weight and performance and da 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 da. But um yeah, it nearly worked. <laugh> <laughs> <laughs> Got pretty close. I'm I'm yeah. like I'm about yeah, I'm like eight pounds heavier than I was then. Uh which is which is my normal weight, you know, which is great. Yeah. But it's definitely easier to do um long max hangs when you're a little bit lighter well that's what it seems to be anyway so <laughs> yeah my my it's interesting because I've, I've been away from i've been away from squamish for a long time i mean up until last week i've only spent two days in squamish since i left for spain in the middle of september oh wow so i came back and i did a, a hangboard test to see where i'm at compared to where i have been over the last year and all that sort of stuff and um, I'm way higher than I was when I started training, but I'm quite a long way underneath where I was when I peaked and I headed out to Spain. So, but it makes total sense. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, it's kind of normal, isn't it? You, that's something that took me a long time to learn in my own climbing is that, you know, when you finally have those kind of breakthrough moments or seasons or performances or, you know, hit new PRs on the, on the hangboard or in training, um, that doesn't necessarily mean that you've leveled up to that level permanently. You know, it's it's this little blip, it's this little peak performance, and then it's totally normal mm-hmm. to, and, and like necessary to drop back a few steps and um, and let your body do that. And then, you know, eventually ramp up towards another peak. But I just, it took me forever to learn that. And I learned it the hard way, of course, you know, hitting a peak and thinking, oh, I'm awesome now, this is great. And then just, you know, hitting the fingers when they were already tweaked and giving myself an injury, whatever it was. So yeah, it's, it's I think that's, that, yeah. that all sounds normal. It's, it's good to hear that you're still well above where you started. I mean, that's the key thing is that you can start at a higher baseline later, you know, next time and, and ramp back up to hopefully a higher peak. Yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, that's one of the things that really um, makes me kind of excited, I guess, because I know that where I started before was such a low level and um and now i've got i'm in kind of maintenance mode i'm, I'm actually going to the uraos festival tomorrow um i'm competing there so i'm in like sort of ice climbing training mode i'm going to helm the week after that so you know that's basically like hanging on your axes upside down for a long time which is really different to climbing on erevea um which is on small holes and it's very finger and endurance orientated whereas like climbing really steep upside down cave stuff with your ice tools it's much more physical in the respect that it's really like biceps and shoulders and core 
it's really aggressive you know it's just like pure strength whereas um climbing a steep 9a is uh, more about sort of finesse and movement and momentum and and particularly and very specifically finger strength uh, so you don't really need things for doing really steep dry tooling and upside down mixed climbing. What you do need though is you need you need grip endurance. Mm. You know, so you need to be able to hang on for a really long time with a, a high force on your fingers. Actually, went I went mixed climbing yesterday just to like check it out, see how it feels, and um, it's fascinating. I love the difference between these climbing styles i mean it always keeps it interesting it's one of the reasons why i enjoy doing such a variety yeah switching it up all the time you know yeah uh, yeah I, li- I like how you uh differentiated that so people that are listening that can't see tim made a fist it's like he's grabbing an ice tool um you know when he was talking about the grip strength endurance i guess and uh, it's an interesting thing. I'm, I'm curious to hear if you think that plays back into your climbing at all, because something that I, this is going to sound really funny to say, but in the last couple of years, living on the road, getting away from Smith Rock and climbing in more steep areas, like here in Waco, where I'm at now, or in St. George, Rifle, um, my jug strength has gotten way better in the last couple of years. And it, it sounds ridiculous, but... My jug strength, like your my ability jug, to hang on to like strength. a huge hold, you know, I just like, like before when I lived at Smith, every time you hit a jug on the wall, you have like, you know, whatever the percentage is, 60% of your weight on your feet, even if they're tiny little feet, it's just not that steep. And uh, climbing, you know, like in the cathedral in St. George or here in Waco, um, it wasn't just an endurance thing. It was like holding on to a jug in a roof with a lot of weight on my hand. I, I could tell it's just, this is just taking like way too high a percentage of my hand strength. And it's, it's like, I can't even really build much endurance on top of it. Cause I, it just like the, the holding on is too hard. Um, and anyway, I'm, I'm kind of wondering if, if, uh, all your dry tooling over the years and ice climbing has, has helped with that. Hmm. I'm imagining well, like get you know, getting a big jug on Aravea and being able to get it all back because your hands are so there strong. There aren't any big jugs on Arabe. <laughs> <laughs> the best jug on Arabe is like a back three finger slot. You know what? I didn't even rest there. I wasn't even resting at the rest. I was like, you know what? I'm just <laughs> trying to get up to the crux before I get pumped. So I didn't even use the rest on Arabe when I was, when I was trying to do it. I just went straight past it, kept going. But anyway, that's another story. Just to go back to um, what you're saying um, about does that help my 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 jug strength? I guess. Well, what I've noticed in the past is in the winter when I'm training for mixed climbing and steep um, winter climbing, I get really good at like doing big moves which involve your arms and your shoulders, but then my fingers get really weak. So. Whereas when I'm climbing on rock on my fingers and then I go into winter climbing, like I'm not, my arms aren't very strong, but I can hang on holes. So this, this season, I'm basically doing max hands twice a week for my fingers and then I'm doing ice climbing training as well. So the idea there being that I really want to maintain my base level of strength on my fingers and then um, be training on my tools as well. And it's um it's quite a fascinating. I've never done that before. I know that Dave Mathau's done that 
a lot. And uh, it's one of the reasons why I'm doing it, actually, because I understand a little bit more about the specificity and what, kind of what you need to do to be able to maintain or increase different um, aspects in your climbing, depending on what sort of climbing you're doing. Um, so what I'll do now in my training, for example, is when I'm going to do a winter climbing training session, I actually warm up as if I'm rock climbing. And then I do my max hands on my fingers. And then I'll get into my, my um, mixed climbing training tools, all that sort of stuff. Um, or, depending, oh, well, I mean, there's, there's a few different things here. But like um, the other thing I'll do is do my warm-up, do my hang, hangboard training. And then I'll climb on my fingers until my skin's trashed. And then when my, you know, you know when you've been climbing so much, you just can't hang on the holes anymore because your skin's so sore. Then I put my gloves on and then and then spend the rest mm. of the session on my tools because it's it's just totally different, you know. It's like moving the focus away from your fingers because at the end of the day, generally, um, your fingers are the weakest component in your makeup right. unless you're a really small person who's very very light but generally you you know the weakest part of your body are you know, your fingers and your forearms so to be able to climb like that and then get onto your tools and then you focus on your biceps and your shoulders it's totally yeah it's totally different it sounds like a really smart combination yeah and, and the great thing about um the amazing thing about about you know trying to maintain if you're doing something like this is it just takes so much less effort to maintain than to get stronger you know so you can just kind of put it on the back burner and keep the keep the max hangs just kind of ticking over so that sounds smart yeah Thanks. sounds really smart uh let's let's back well, up a few take... steps man oh go ahead sorry what were you gonna say oh yeah yeah no no, no. well i was just gonna say like one of the benefits of getting older is that hopefully you get a little, a little bit wiser you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes and then i'm hoping to steal all that wisdom and share it with everybody on the podcast um but yeah aravea I, I would love to hear more about just how it went man it was so fun to um you're one of those people like every time an update would pop up on instagram i would just get so psyched because you have so much energy and positivity i, wa I want to talk about your attitude in a little bit here but um it was so fun to follow your trip and your updates and hear how it was going and it was even more i think the most inspiring and interesting stories um where someone's you know giving you updates in real time and taking you along on the journey of their project it's it's even more interesting when it doesn't work out because it's such a relatable experience and not everything is this perfect hero's journey with a great, you know, a, a great, um, you know, game-winning touchdown at the end, so to speak, like in the movies or whatever. So it's it's uh, it was so fun to follow along with that. I really appreciate that you took the time to, to make all those updates for us. And uh, I guess I'll just start by asking how to go. From your perspective, like now that now that now that you've had some time to reflect back on the trip, how did this round of attempts go? Yeah, it was. Um, it was. Um, how can I summarize this? I mean, in a nutshell, for those of you that don't know what was going on, um, I trained for nine months to try and get up to a level where I could consider doing Arabea, which is fourteen D, and um, I started off training, and I was climbing like twelve. I think when I started training at the beginning of those nine months. Because you had just come back from an injury, is that right? Mm-hmm. 
And, and the, the best part of last year was that I was able to train all that time without getting injured because I knew it was going to be a big, big training mission. I mean, I've never trained for nine months before. Yeah, that's and, wild. Um, <laughs> I, I, managed to, I managed to get super close to Erebae. Like, I didn't climb it, as many of you might know. Um, I got to the last quick draw. But um, I did increase my... I just turned my body into something which it really wasn't like nine months before. And, and that in its own its entirety is, is really, really motivating for me. And it, it really shows me that at 48, I mean, I'm going to be 49 next month, that if you make some, if you're really psyched and motivated and you're disciplined and you're consistent, you can do some pretty amazing things, you know, like, and I think that's probably the biggest takeaway that I got from that experience, even though I didn't find the route. So um, the other thing that happened that really blew, my, blew me away, and I wasn't expecting it, is I was, when I was belaying Angelo, my Colombian friend, he's the first Colombian climber to climb 9A. Oh, that's so cool. But like Angelo, Angelo and I first met in 2017 because I heard that he wanted to try Arabea and I wanted to do it. So we basically teamed up. And we've been trying to climb it ever since together. <laughs> and although he lives in Marguerite, we've literally just been going for it um, for the last five years. I've been there six times now. And um, he's waited for me every time I went there, if you see what I mean. So like over the um, time period when COVID was here, I didn't go to Marguerite for three years. He didn't. I mean, he went on Arabea two or three times, but that was it, really. And wow. it's been a real journey for the two of us. And he did it. <laughs> he totally did it. And I was delaying him. And it was, it was such a powerful experience, like so much so that it, I just totally burst into tears. Like I was just crying. Like, and I've never experienced that mm. in my climbing life apart from once but in a very different in a very different situation i was in the himalayas and i was on track like day six and i was actually knackered and i was like crying because i was so sad but with this i was so happy for angelo and i just couldn't believe that after i mean it was like we spent 80 days each it's like 80 days each i mean honestly 80 days each at least <laughs> over five years and he and he just kept going yeah. And he kept going and he looked, he looked like he had it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I think he's going to do it. And he did it. And I did, yeah, I just was like an emotional wreck. Wow. You know, and it was amazing. And it was just like, I don't know. I, I think we've put a lot of effort into that route. And Angela, I don't know. I, I mean, people talk about grades and here are the facts. Um, some people think that Aravay is not 9A. And maybe it is, maybe it's not. But the 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 once you get over the crux, so once you get over the roof and you get a no answer rest, the next 21 moves, Angelo is pretty sure that's AC. And I actually put this out on Instagram um, to get people's opinion. And it came back that two people thought it was uh, it was really hard HC or maybe HC plus those 21 moves. Um, and with Angelo, he only in the first five years of him climbing on Arabea and he's climbed 
198 and three or four HC pluses. He'd only been past, he'd only done that section once. Wow. Just just it's that what, section just alone? Ne- he'd never been able to do. He'd never been able to do that link mm. um, apart from once. And I think that bit in its own right is pretty tricky, really. I mean, I think hard HC or maybe soft HC plus. And then after that, you still got like, how many moves you got to do? Quite a few, about probably like 35 moves from there at the top. <laughs> Wow. Um, and it's probably like 8B, hard 8B plus, sorry, 8B, 8B plus, something like that. You know, so, you know, whatever that makes the route, you know, those are the sort of breakdown um, sections of it. But uh, anyway, back to Angelo. It was just an amazing, I was super psyched, super psyched for him. And I really want to go back and join him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I think, you know, to be honest, with all the preparation and the training and everything that I did, um, the there was only one thing that I did wrong. Mm. And that was, I genuinely thought I was going to do it. And that was the that only was thing it. you did wrong was thinking you were going to do it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, I, I really thought I was going to do it. Actually. Yeah. I was like, oh, I, I know I can do it. I've got this. It's just a matter of... I've just got to keep trying and eventually I'll do it. And um and and it just didn't quite happen, you know, for various reasons. But you know, when you're trying something that's right on the outer edge of your upper limit, I mean, think about what that is. Um, I mean, if I was trying to climb HC plus or HC, which is at my limit or near to my limit, um, I could do that, but like when you're really trying to see what the very outer edge of your limit is, you can be 1% away from it and you can be so close, but you know, you just can't, you just don't quite get that 1%. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was, it was an interesting one. I mean, it really depends how you look at it, to be honest. And I think being older is really helpful me because i can be a little bit wiser and a little bit more subjective really as to what that experience is it that that experience is because i think it'd be very easy for me to be like totally gutted and go home and just get depressed and be like oh my god i can't believe i didn't do it it was awful and terrible and all that sort of stuff but one of the things that i talk about when i'm doing motivational talks to kids and and particularly like um, teenagers, is that you can, in pretty much every situation you've got in your life, you can look at the positive side of it, you can look at the negative side of it, or you can, you know, look somewhere in between. And the, the thing is, is that you can choose what you focus your attention on. And I know that you might feel really upset or sad or something like that, but... If you catch yourself, or maybe I should talk about myself here, but if I catch myself being negative and depressed or like upset because I'm focusing on something which is negative, I try to, first of all, acknowledge that. And then I think about, well, what is something positive that came out of that experience? And I try and, I really try and latch onto that, you know, because there's, there's, you know, you, there's the, the glass half full or half empty, isn't it? You know, it's the same thing. And it really depends on 
which lens you look at that as to how you interpret what's actually happening. And for me, coming back from this trip, even though I didn't do it, and I mean, don't get me wrong, I mean, I trained from January until September. And I sacrificed a lot of things to do this. And, you know, I left my family for two months, which was like a really big deal. Um, you know, and I didn't do it. But what I did do, and this is one of the reasons why I'm really glad that I was open about the whole journey on social media, was that I inspired loads of people to help themselves out with their climbing journey and and that really made it seem like worthwhile as mm. an experience rather than just something which is really selfish for me did i do the route or did i not do the route and that gave me a lot of strength and i really tried to focus on that as a positive thing and it helped me it really helped me get through it actually and um yeah i'm pretty psyched and also really focusing on the fact that i'm in a situation where I can train really, really hard for a long time and and I didn't get injured, which I think is it was one of my big worries as like an older climber, putting that amount of time and effort into something and thinking that I might just break myself along the way. Hmm. So many questions. Thank you for sharing all that. First off, that's a beautiful uh, story about Angelo and it was really fun to... Uh, I mean, you were so psyched for him. That came through in all those updates and posts too. Um, yeah, I guess <laughs> it, it's interesting. Touching on, this is a thought that came to mind while you were speaking. I mean, touching on the the positive negative thing, I can totally see that because on one hand, you know, it'd be easy for you to tell yourself, I imagine like, man, I trained for nine months, made all these lifestyle changes, left my family for two months. Can I really do that? to myself again? Can I really go through that again? And feeling like that was the one shot that you maybe gave yourself, whatever. But then there's this totally other way to look at it, which is that, you know, you were starting last time from a 12B baseline, having come off an injury uh, with relatively weak fingers compared to where they are now. And if you were to do even, I imagine like a fraction of what you did to prepare for last year again, but from this higher baseline, you know, you'd, you'd be right back up to where you were probably beyond and uh, you're just so much better set up now to um, to to hit new PRs in your training and carry all that new strength into another round of it. And you know the route so much better and all these other things. So if you look at it that way, it's like, man, I just need one more round and it's, it's probably going to happen. Um, how are you thinking about that? I mean, the, the one thing that probably makes this... <laughs> That, I, I, well, I'll just say, like, if it were me, you know, like, having a partner like that is so special... And five years trying it with Angelo, that's amazing. And now he's done it. So what does that mean for for the future? Are you going to go back and try it again? And if so, Hey, friends, I hope you enjoyed that free teaser with Tim. Once again, the full version of this episode is an hour and 25 minutes. And it's available to listen to in podcast form, or you can watch the uncut video podcast right now if you sign up for Patreon at patreon.com slash thenuggetclimbing. It's $5 per month to get all of the follow-ups I've done so far. I believe this is number 46, more coming all the time. And signing up for Patreon will also get you ad-free episodes and you can listen to all of that content in one place. You'll get an RSS feed that you can plug into your podcast app and you can subscribe to the patron version of the Nugget Climbing Podcast. And most importantly, it helps support the show and it helps me keep doing this. 
Once again, that's patreon.com slash thenuggetclimbing. It takes just a few minutes to sign up and you can cancel at any time. No questions asked. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks for your support as always. And we'll see you next time. Like we do it.